0: I hope most of you were just over there with Pastor Chris at Kristen Valley Worships. I hope you enjoyed worship this morning. I know I certainly did. She sounds so beautiful. I love their new mic setup. Her and her husband, Nigel, uh, have such a heart for ministry and worship and, and for us as pastors. And so we appreciate them. As you guys are coming in, uh, you know what to do. We always ask you to come in. And if you're happy to be here today... Uh, just come in and, and give some hearts. I see you guys are doing that already. I love how you guys know exactly what to do uh, when you come in. So come on in, give us some hearts and uh, you know, say hello to everybody. Let's see who we got coming in here this morning. I see I got Instagram going. I've got uh, Facebook live going. Can you guys hear me just, just, just fine? Uh, good morning, Kimberly. Good morning, Mama San and good morning, Larissa. Good morning, uh, Erica over on IG and Stacy on IG. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning to all of you. You know, I I, I love seeing people come into the room. Good morning to my mother, Linda, she's on. Good morning, Anika. See you this morning. Chandra, God bless you. Quintina, Vest. Listen, uh, we just appreciate and love you guys. I'm excited about uh, the teaching this morning. I'm going to ask you to go ahead if you haven't already and, and share this broadcast. Uh, if you have groups that you are allowed to share it to, uh, go ahead and share it. Share it to your personal page. Uh, one of my admins or somebody out there, make sure that you get you share this to the FOC private group as well. Uh, I'm going to take just a moment and a minute and share it to a couple of my groups uh, while you guys are coming in and, and, and saying hello and, and giving hearts and likes and sharing. Also, uh, go ahead. I know that I know where most of you are because we, I'll see you week after week and I appreciate you being here with us, but let us know where you are tuning in from this morning. Uh, I know we've got some friends over in the UK. It is Sunday afternoon over there. I love the fact that they they stay up. Uh, Let's see, in fact, I I set my watch to it. So let's see what time it is there. It is 4.02 PM on Sunday afternoon in London. Uh, And some of our friends over there uh, are watching us. You know, we were talking yesterday, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, years ago, it would have taken you millions of dollars to be able to be on television and broadcast your uh, message and stuff all across the world. And now literally, literally, it doesn't, Facebook is free. (laughs) It costs you the price of a ring light in in your regular cell phone that you probably paying for every month anyway. So it is just awesome to reach people from all over the world. So once again, go ahead and tell us uh, where you are watching from, uh, trying to make sure that everybody can Uh, hear me pretty good this morning. I see some, I guess you can hear me. I see people sitting there from Little Rock, from Maryland, uh, from Palm Bluff, Jacksonville, Florida, Maumelle, praise God for you guys. Praise God for you guys. And listen, if we have any first time visitors, if you are a first time visitor to our broadcast, let me just say on behalf of myself, Pastor Edwin Strickland and my beautiful wife, Pastor Shawn Strickland, we welcome you to the broadcast. If this is your first time, we welcome you to the broadcast. Uh, We hope that you uh, hear something uh, today. Uh, The Holy Spirit invokes something into you that gives you uh, encouragement uh, on today. Uh, But if you're a first time viewer, just type in the comment section, first time viewers and one of our admins will make sure that they reach out and say hello to you. Uh, Once I start teaching, I don't do a very good job at all (laughs) of looking up at the uh, comments. Uh, my wife is so, she's so proficient in this. She can literally look at the comments, talk, uh, whatever she needs to be talking about it and have it all going on. If I do that, it's going to, uh, not look as nice as it should. So I'm saying hello in the beginning. And then once I get to teaching, I go back and read your comments later. I do go back and read your comments. What's up, Chris? What's up, frat? I see you say it first time. Uh, listen, I do go back and I read your comments. I do go back and I, uh, I look at what you, what you say. Uh, I love the comments. There are sometimes you guys will say something and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it like that. And I go back and I'll study and read some of the things. So uh, we appreciate that. I do want to make this disclaimer, though, uh, because it is Facebook and everybody can just log in and, and look and, and comment. Uh, we have admins out there. And while you are welcome to comment. Uh, we, we don't allow disruption. So if, it, if I say something and you don't agree with it, that's okay, uh, we don't have to agree on everything. Uh, but what you don't get to do is to be disruptive. So you start putting up the little angry faces and start putting nasty stuff in the comment section. We'll see you later, because our admins will take right care of that. So uh, just know uh, that, that, that you have Facebook and you can go live as well. And so if you don't like what we say, you can go live on your page and say whatever you want to say, man. Praise God. Let me just say this. I want to take a moment and thank every single person who participated in the parade yesterday. Uh, Pastor Sean and I were, were so excited uh, to, to for you guys to do that. We no one owes us to do that for us. We we don't we don't we don't think that's something that's owed to us. And so we appreciate it. Uh for those who don't know what I'm talking about, let me just explain. Uh several partners of Fellowship of Champions got together. Uh, And and we've been missing everybody. This is week number 20 for us. This is week 20 that we have not gathered together uh, in our house of worship. Uh, We've had church. We just haven't gathered in our building uh, for 20 straight weeks. And so we everybody was missing everybody. We've been saying that for weeks. And so uh, some people got together and put together a parade uh, and they all got together at a parking lot not too far from our house. Uh, They got together. They had signs They had balloons. They had music playing uh, and they drove down the street so we could just see everybody's beautiful faces and wave at them. It was a very emotional experience. Uh, we, we absolutely loved it. We had people literally, literally people from Conway and Little Rock who drove two and a half or three hours up here just to go through the parade and say hello to us. And I'm telling you that does not go unnoticed. And so I appreciate everybody who participated, everybody who wanted to participate, but you couldn't. Listen, our, our love and our hearts go out to you too. Uh, we're gonna get through this whole COVID-19 pandemic. We're gonna come out stronger. Uh, but we just appreciate it. We do. We love getting to see you guys. Uh, some of You guys are looking amazing too. I see so many of you guys who are not going to come out of this quarantine with no quarantine 15 pounds. I, I'm seeing you. You guys are working it. You're encouraging me. You're encouraging Pastor Sean. Hopefully we're encouraging you. And we're going to come out of this thing looking better, feeling better, and doing better. Amen. Amen. And then the last thing I want to do is I want to thank everybody who gave to the Fellowship of Champion Scholarship Fund. I cannot tell you how happy I am about the, the overwhelming uh, outpouring of support that we got for this. Uh, we had a unique opportunity uh, that another nonprofit organization gave to us. And they said that if we were to raise $10,000 in the month of July, uh, that they would match it dollar for dollar. Uh, that even meant that if we, if, even if we only raised $1,000, they would have matched it and gave us another thousand. So it was an opportunity for us to, to double some dollars, praise God, uh, for our scholarship fund. And as you know, uh, it is one of the projects that Fellowship of Champions does this near and dear to my heart. I can't wait until the day that we are literally able, uh, to pay for students to go to school, For four years, any college trade school that they want to, absolutely debt-free. I believe God's going to give us the opportunity to do that. Not just once, but more than once. Uh, But the Bible says, though your beginnings be small, your latter end shall greatly increase. And so uh, the goal was to raise $10,000. And man, listen, y'all showed out. You hear me? Y'all absolutely showed out. You guys raised ten thousand dollars on July first. I mean, it was it was like whoa! It was in seventeen hours. We had already raised ten thousand dollars, and and I'm telling, you, I was just ecstatic. I was like, oh well, that's that's great. And then everybody else was like, no 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 no. If we raise ten thousand dollars in seventeen hours, we're going for twenty thousand dollars. And and, you know, it didn't take a lot of convincing for me because again, anything else we raised above 10,000 was just gonna be a plus. And I'm telling you, man, it wasn't long and we had raised $20,000. And once we had raised $20,000 plus the 10,000 matching, that was $30,000. I'm telling you, it had far exceeded my expectation. It really had. Uh, And then we had uh, Eric Payne, a good friend of ours, and and Cedric Vaughn, one of my spiritual sons, and Tanitra Thompson, Buffington. Uh, She was like, you know what, Dad? We need to go for 50. And I was like, 50? $50, $50,000? She was like, let's go for 50. We got time. Eric was like, man, we think you're too small. Let's go for 50. And you know what? Anytime someone challenges my faith, I'm going to go with it. So I was like, let's go for 50. Man, next thing you know, people started giving and giving and giving. I told you guys in the message not long ago, the giving is contagious. People started seeing other people give. People started sharing what we had done. People started saying, I want to help people go to college. You know, I had people just, just people I didn't even know who, who were giving. People I had never even seen on Facebook because you guys were, were kind enough to share the, to share the, uh, fellowship, uh, uh the Fellowship Fellowship of Champions Scholarship announcement. And so, man, I just appreciate it. We ended up doing $40,000 on July 30th. Uh, we had an internal uh, fundraising going, we had a Facebook fundraising going, we had a GoFundMe going, uh, and we had the grant. And in, and in total, uh, I think, at last time I looked, we had raised 51000 something dollars because people were still giving. People was like, hey, I'm just now seeing this. Is it too late to give? No, sir, it is not too late to give. Uh, the, the, the scholarship thing has, 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 has the, the GoFundMe has ended. Uh, but 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 the Facebook thing is still up and it's gonna go away. I think this I think tonight maybe it goes away tonight um, at midnight. Uh, but you know what? You can always give to the scholarship fund. They, they put on the screen different ways you can give, and with each of those ways that you can give, you can simply select the scholarship fund and you can give to it. Uh, the month of July is gonna always be our big push uh, for, for for our fundraiser. Uh, but I can't. I just I just want to say from the bottom of my heart. I really do, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to every single person, and I'm not joking. Whether you gave five dollars, or whether you gave five thousand dollars, or whether you couldn't, ha- you didn't have anything to give, but you shared it. Because people who shared it, that's how other people got to see them. They gave, and so this is really a collective um, opportunity that, that, that came in, and everybody who participated, guys, I'm telling you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so do all of our scholars who are going to benefit uh, from that scholarship fund. All right. As you know, there are some weekly opportunities for you to stay connected. I'm going to mention those real quick. Uh, Pastor Shanna may come at the end. I'm not sure. She may come back. She may mention those again or she may just come back and pray or she may not come back at all. I'm not really sure. Uh, I thought she was going to preach this week, but she told me I was. So I'm here. Uh, I think she told me I'll be back next week, too. but We'll see about that. All right. Uh, So here are weekly opportunities. Let's just start on Monday. On Monday, you can always join Pastor Sean Strickland on her page for Mindset Monday. Mindset Monday. What better way to start your week off than to join her at noon on noon central standard time on her page for Mindset Monday. Get your mind right. The Bible says let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You need to get your mind together Uh, and so you can take your lunch break or if you're working from home just schedule you a break around 12 o'clock Hop on there and join her for Mindset Monday. And then on Tuesday night, come right back here on Tuesday night and join us for prayer. We have some dynamic prayer warriors. I'm talking about some folk who can pray and get results and get some answers. And they they, they model for us how to do that. So come here, this same channel right here on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, there'll be someone here who will be praying. We have prayer initiatives and prayer targets, and they pray through those. And I'm telling you, man, listen, all you gotta do is just be on there, just listen and just let that word saturate you. And then on Wednesday night, listen, you cannot skip Wednesday night. On Wednesday night at 8.30 Central Standard Time, there's two places you can join for refreshed Bible Study. Our pastor, Pastor Raphael Marlowe, he preaches a word that will absolutely disciple you. You hear me? Uh, it's not just the word that gonna make you feel good. It is a word that's going to disciple you. And you can go to his page, Ralph Marlowe, on Facebook. It's also shared on Fellowship of Champions. I share it to my unoffendable group. I share it to our DMV group, and I share it into our private FOC Northwest Arkansas group. I'm telling you, if you're on Facebook anywhere, uh, on Wednesday night, you're gonna probably get an opportunity to uh, to 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 see that broadcast come up, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. Amen. And then we and then we we give you a little break on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, uh, but then we expect you right back here on Sunday mornings at 9:30 a.m. You can watch here because we is shared here, but you can also go to Kristen Valley Worship's. You can like her page. You can push the button to get notified. And when she goes live, man, all of heaven rejoices. Why? Because she is singing to the glory of the Lord. And I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday mornings. I'm telling you, she brings the word. Her husband's a dynamic musician. He's playing. It's just an absolute wonderful experience. It'll get you in the mood for what we're doing right now which is getting ready to go into the word of God. I'm telling you, we're getting ready to go into the word of God. I'm excited about teaching this morning. I'm anointed to teach you and I believe you are anointed to learn. I'm excited about what it is that God is going to share with us this morning. Uh, I was up yesterday revising my notes and, and just hearing Holy Spirit about how he wanted me to say it and what he wanted me to say. And so for those of you that are with us, you hang in there with us. It's, it's officially about ten fifteen. That first fifteen minutes didn't count for my message. I'm just saying hello and welcoming you. So it's ten fifteen, and so I want to jump into uh, today's teaching. So let's pray. And then let's get into this word because I'm excited about what Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of the people who are connected to Fellowship of Champions. All right. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would give me what to say and how to say it. I ask that you allow it to be none of me and all of you. Let something be said or done today that the people of God will hear it. It will prick their ears and prick their heart that they will change direction and want to do better in living for you. Father, I thank you right now that every blessing you have commanded toward them, that anything that is holding it up, that right now today you reveal it to them and give them the fortitude and the wisdom to break through and to remove every burden and every yoke that is stopping them from living their best life. Father, I thank you that you said in your word, that you would teach us how to walk in faith. Father, I thank you that Fellowship of Champions is a church that you've called to teach people to do just that, to walk in faith, to, to, walk, to walk in love, to live by faith so that they can experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And so, Father, we thank you in advance that you're going to do it for the people of God. And everybody who received that said, Amen. Go ahead and type Amen in the comment section and give me some hearts. Give me about a dozen hearts. Each person give about a dozen hearts. Give about a dozen hearts. Give about a dozen hearts. And let's get into this word this morning, amen. All right, as you know, the last several weeks, uh, I've been teaching for seven weeks, which is a little unusual because usually I can get Pastor Sean uh, to step in there, uh, but she's, she's been resolute uh, about making me finish this teaching, praise God. So y'all pray for me because she, she has been resolute about making me finish this. Uh, this is a great series we're teaching though. I didn't know it was gonna be a series when we got started. Uh, but man, he, he, it is wonderful. Uh, I've been teaching for seven weeks and, and here's some of the topics we've been talking about. Uh, we first started off talking about God's system of promotion, God's system of promotion. And we talked about how God has a system for promoting his people. God has a method and a means for how he allows those who are uh, his children to to progress in life, not just uh, vocationally, but relationally, emotionally, uh, socially. God has a system in place in which he wants to promote his people. Uh, And so we spent a couple of weeks talking about what is that system? Uh, And we talked about the difference in operating uh, in the world as opposed to operating in the kingdom of God. And so we talked about God's system of promotion. And then we came back and we spent another two weeks Uh, talking about how we position ourselves to be led by God, because it's one thing for God to have a system designed for our increase, to have a system designed for our promotion, to have a system designed for our well-being, but it's another thing for us to allow ourselves to be in a position to be led by God. The great thing about God is that he created us as free moral agents, so he doesn't make us follow him. He doesn't make us obey him. He doesn't make us uh, go after his commandments. Uh, He's a loving God and he loves us so much that if we decide we don't want to follow him, uh, he doesn't make us. Uh, It's kind of like though, what we used to tell kids all the time, you are free to choose um, your behaviors, but you're not free to choose the consequences. And so because God has a system in place, and that's what we talked about, this this system he has for providing for us, uh, that system is also uh, set up that there are consequences when we don't follow him. There are consequences when we choose to do things our own way. Uh, The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof leads to destruction. Uh, And so we spent some time digging into the word of God about how do we position ourselves to be led by God? And if you miss those messages, you can always go back to the broadcast and listen to it. Because I'm telling you, in this season, hear me, you want to be led by God. I know there's all kind of reports about the economy. There's reports about COVID-19. I know that there are opportunities that people are are being laid off. Unemployment is high. Uh, We got Congress not want to do right by the people. But hear me me God has a system even in the midst of all of that where he wants to promote you he wants to increase you and he wants to make your life better but you got to be in a position to hear his voice and then be willing to do it his way and be led by God and then after that we came back and we spent three weeks three whole weeks talking about becoming a cheerful giver listen go ahead and type in the comment section this morning and say I am a cheerful giver I am a cheerful giver, that's right. I give and when I do it, I give cheerfully. And we talked about all the benefits, and I'm not going to go through all of those again because, man, we spent three weeks. In fact, that second week was a 40-minute recap of the first week uh, where we just dug in and looked at the words, scripture by scripture, precept upon precept about why giving is so important and how giving empowers us. The one thing we did talk about that several people have reached out to me about is this idea <clears throat> of the giver's high. We talked about how when you are a giver, when you are helping people, uh, that your brain releases chemicals and that those chemicals are kinda like happy drugs. And those happy drugs uh, can get you out of states of depression, get you out of states of despair. All you gotta do is be willing to extend yourself to help somebody else. And I've had so many people say, Pastor Edwin, you're so right. Um, You know, when I I catch myself feeling down or depressed or not liking something, I just find somebody to help and I automatically feel better. I know it because it's called the helper's high. It is scientifically proven that there are chemicals released in your body. Physiological things happen when you get involved with being a giver and helping someone else. And so we spent three whole weeks talking about uh, how to become a cheerful giver. And 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 then we spent last week. Uh, where I, I talked to you about the laws of harvest, but really I didn't talk to you about the laws of harvest. What I really talked to you about was the principles that govern sowing. I talked to you about the principles that, that you need to understand uh, are in play when you sow. Uh, and every believer ought to be a sower. The truth of the matter is you are a sower whether you know it or not, uh, because, you, because our words are seeds. And so whether you're saying positive things or negative things, you are sowing. You are sowing whether you're saying something positive, whether you're saying something negative. The Bible says it like this. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says it is of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so whatever's in your heart, that's who you are. And whatever and whoever you are, that's what you're gonna say. And so that's the reason we've been spending the last seven weeks trying to get you to understand who you are in Christ. And number one, how God's system works to promote you, why you should be positioned to be led by God, and then how to become a person who who is like God, who is cheerful when he gives. Uh, And then lastly, uh, we wanted to give you some principles that govern how you sow, when you sow, and where you sow. And so this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna jump into what we wanna talk about this morning, which is developing faith for your harvest. Somebody type in the comment section, it is harvest time. It is harvest time. Amen. We've been saying that since November and December of 2019. And it is still true. It is harvest time. It is harvest time. If we was in church, i say, turn and tell your neighbor. It is harvest time. Amen. It is harvest time. But here's what I understand. You and I, we have an adversary. Uh, The devil, the Bible says he he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Uh, As believers, we're not afraid of no devil. We ain't afraid of no devil, no witch, no warlock, none of that stuff. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But the Bible tells us to be not ignorant of of Satan's devices, so we're not we're not just living out here pie in the sky thinking we don't have an adversary. We know that we have an adversary, and we know that his job is to cause us to back up off of the Word of God. But we're not going to do it. We're not going to back up. We're not going to cave in. We're not going to quit. We don't care how. We don't care what they talk about in a jobs report. We don't care what they talk about in the economy. We don't care what they say the unemployment numbers are. We heard God it is going to be a great year of harvest. And I'm telling you, I'm gonna share some things in just a little bit about what God said about the next five months. So you hang in here with me and you get a chance to hear this word. So I wanna begin with Second Chronicles 16 and nine. 2 Chronicles 16 and nine, one of my favorite scriptures. I got a bunch of them, one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, it says, for the eyes of the Lord they do run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. In other words, the Bible says that the Lord is looking for somebody who is willing to do it God's way. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to do it God's way. Go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say, I am willing to do it God's way. If you're willing to do it God's way, the Bible says that God's eyes run to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for someone just like you so that he can show up in your life, so that he can do something great in you, through you, and for you. Why? Because the Lord is looking for someone that he can demonstrate his power, his grace, his love, his kindness, and his faithfulness to. I don't know about you, but it might as well be me. It might as well be me. If he wants to show his love and kindness and gratefulness and faithfulness to somebody, I might as well let it be me. Amen. The Bible then says in Psalms 84 and seven, it says the Lord, God is a sun and a shield. He is both the, listen, well, in other words, he's whatever you need. If you need, if you, if you need light, he's light. If you need shade from the light, he'll turn into your shade. He's whatever you need. Psalms 84 11, it says, for the Lord God. Is a son and a shield The Lord will give grace Watch this, he's a giver of grace He'll give grace and glory Watch this, and no good thing Will he withhold from them That walk upright In other words, it doesn't matter What the economy is going through It doesn't matter what situation you're facing It could be a relationship situation It could be a vocational situation It could be a social situation It could be an emotional situation It could be a financial situation I want you to know that God says he is unwilling to not give you the good things that belong to you. He said all you have to do is walk upright and walking upright is not about being perfect. It's not about not sinning. If you study this thing out, when he talks about walking and being upright, he's talking about someone who simply has a heart for God and the things of God. I tell people this all the time. If you walk with God long enough, at some point you're going to miss him. But missing God doesn't disqualify you. Listen, God's job is to correct us. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's why he put him on the inside of us. Correction is not rejection. Somebody type that in the comment section. Correction. Say it like this. Say, my correction is not rejection. My correction is is not rejection. The reason that God corrects me is because he wants me to walk that upright path so that everything that belongs to me, he can give to me. Amen. Now, here's what we got to understand. If we want to establish anything as we go through this message today, I want you to hear me loud and clear. If you're getting some coffee right now, turn around and listen. If you're in the restroom, stop what you're doing for a minute and listen. If you're watching TV, stop what you're doing for a minute and listen. If your kids run around, let them run around for a second, but stop what you're doing and hear what I am about to say right now. When we talk about the will of God for your life, I need you to hear me and understand this. And that is that the will of God for your life does not come to pass automatically. Do you hear me? The will of God for your life does not come to pass automatically. It just doesn't. If it did, we would all just be able to just sit back and receive everything we were supposed to have. But remember, we have an adversary. That's not how it happens. You must understand, even if you need to type that in there so you don't forget it, the will of God for your life does not come to pass automatically. It does not come to pass automatically. If I was in church, I'd do another turn, tell your neighbor, turn, tell your neighbor, the will of God for your life does not come to pass automatically. It doesn't just automatically happen. Listen, even though we can read what his will is for us, and even though we can receive prophecies from people about God's will for our life concerning his will for us, in us, and through us, it doesn't mean that it's going to come to pass automatically. People get upset with God because they, they because God will share with them something he wants to do. But once he shares it with them, they assume that because he shared it, he's going to automatically bring it to pass. But the truth of the matter is you have a part to play. What is that part? It's what we've been talking about the last several weeks. You have to partner with God you have to partner with God. God has a role to play and so do you. God has a role to play, but so do you. What do you mean? Listen, we can go up, we can open up our Bibles. We can see in 3 John two, in third John two, the Bible tells us plainly, he says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou wouldest prosper and be in health. Watch this even as your soul is prospering. Well, what is our soul? We know our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. He said, I would above all things Above everything else, that you would prosper. That word prosper means increase. It means to be successful. It means to succeed. He says, above all things, I would that you would prosper and be in health. He said, I don't want you sick in your body. He said, I want you doing well in every area. He says, even to the degree that your soul is also prospering. And if you really study this out, what he's really saying is, listen, you're going to be in health and you are going to prosper to the degree that your soul prospers. And so in order for you to prosper your soul, it's important for you to understand the word of God. And part of understanding the word of God is knowing that God's will does not automatically come to pass. Listen, we can also read in the Bible in Jeremiah 29 and 11. Again, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm sure it's one of yours, too. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. There are thoughts of peace. They are not thoughts of evil. They are to give you a future and a hope and an expected outcome. We can read that. We know that. But just because we read it, just because someone prophesies it to us, it doesn't mean it's automatically going to come to pass. You have a role to play. Let's take a moment and look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Because I want to prove this point out to you. Because there are some people out there with all, you know, they say, well, if, if, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. Listen, the Bible says it like this. It says, I would that no man should perish. That's his will. His will is that no man shall perish. But we know some people who died and didn't know the Lord. Pause for dramatic effect. We know some people, amen? We know some people who died not knowing the Lord. Was that God's will? No, that was not God's will. God's will is that no man should perish. And because that's his will, then we have to partner with God to make sure that doesn't happen, amen? So let's prove this point out. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says it like this. It says, and this is the confidence, praise God, that we have in God. Watch this, that if we ask, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now think about this. If indeed, the will of God came to pass automatically. why would we have to ask for it? Why would we ever have to ask for it if it's going to come to pass automatically? So the proof point is here in 1 John 5:14 and 15. it says it says it says, and this is the confidence. We're confident that if we ask, if we don't ask, we can't be confident. Why? Because the will of God doesn't come to pass automatically. He says, but this is the confidence that we have if we ask anything, according to his will. See, you can't just be out there all willy-nilly asking God for stuff that ain't the will of God. What do you mean? You see some fine man, some fine woman, and they married to someone else, and you single, and you want them, and you asking God for them. No, 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 no. That is not the will of God. You cannot ask God for something outside of his will and expect to receive it. He says your confidence comes from asking God Anything according to his will. Well, pastor, how do I know the will of God It's in his word? His will is in his word. He'll speak it to you through rhema word or through logos word. But his will always comes through his word, which is why we say faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once you know God's will, now you can have faith or confidence to ask him to bring to pass what he has promised you and you will do that because you know it doesn't just come to pass automatically. You got to ask for it. Asking is one of the A, B, C, D, E's of faith. Somebody said, what's the A, B, C, D, E's of faith? I ain't got time to teach it all, but here it is. It's asking, it's believing, it's confessing, It's demonstrating, meaning you do some kind of action, and then E is expectation. It's the A, B, C, D, E's of faith. You got to ask. You got to believe. You got to confess. You got to demonstrate, and then you got to have an expectation, a confidence that whatsoever things you ask for, glory to God, they come to pass when you ask. Amen? Glory to God. Let me calm down. I done got happy preaching this word already. We ain't even really got started yet. All right, 1 John 5, 14 through 15 in the easy read version of the Bible says it like this. It says, we can come to God with no doubts whatsoever. This means that when we ask God for things and those things agree with what God wants for us, Then God cares about what we say. Praise God. God cares about what we say. Somebody ought to type that in the comment section. Say God cares about what we say. I'm telling you, he cares in more ways than one. He cares about the positive stuff you say and he cares about the negative stuff that you say. You got to make sure that when you are speaking, you are speaking life and not death, the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. You have the ability to speak life over your situation or to speak death over your situation. In first John 5:14 and 15 in the easy read translation says God cares about what we say. In verse 15, it says he listens. To us every time we ask him. This ought to give somebody some joy. You've been talking to the Lord, wondering whether or not he's heard you. The Bible tells you he listens to us every time we speak to him. It says, so we know then that he gives us whatever we ask for. He only gives us what we ask for, though, when it's according to his will. When it's according to his will. And when it's according to his will, we can have a confidence. I remember years years and years ago when Pastor Shona and I was trying to really build and repair our marriage and, and take things to the next level. We was trying to have more good days than bad days. I'm telling you, the Lord began to give us wisdom and insight that we had never read anywhere before. We had never heard anybody say it before. And then he started to build our marriage. And then years later, we saw it in books. Years later, we heard somebody else saying the same thing that he had told us. Why? Because when it is according to his will, he will move heaven and and earth to get you what you need, my God. Listen, I'm, I'm about to get excited in this place. God will move heaven and earth to get you what you need when you ask according to His will. Now, understand these verses of Scripture. They prove a principle here, and that principle is that many Christians um, don't seem to grab hold of, and that is that that that. And I, and I actually believe it grieves the Holy Spirit. I believe it grieves God when His children don't understand this. Here's the thing they don't understand. They don't understand that they have a role to play in their own prosperity. Now, prosperity is not just money. So for those of you who are on here and you're a first time viewer, let me help you. Prosperity is not just money, but prosperity includes money. When we talk about prosperity, we talk about total life Prosperity. We talk about being prosperous in your body, being prosperous in your relationships, being prosperous at your job, being prosperous where your children are concerned, being prosperous where your family is concerned, being prosperous in every area of your life. In fact, God wants you to be prosperous. He wants to bless you. He wants you to call, he wants to cause increase to come to you. But you got to know the will of God doesn't just come to pass automatically. You have to partner with God. Go ahead and say, Say that again if you haven't said it. Say, I must partner with God. Listen, I have heard so many believers say things like this. They say, well, I don't have to pray for God's will because if something is in his will, then it will just happen. Listen, if that were true, the Holy Spirit would never have inspired the Apostle John to say, if we ask anything. According to God's will, he hears us and we know that we have what we asked of him. He never would have had the God. never The Holy Spirit never would have had to be inspired to get John to write that if the will of God was just going to come to pass automatically. The will of God does not just come to pass automatically. You must partner with God. The fact is that much of God's will for our life is just not automatic. Salvation is available to every single person, but it is not automatic. The Bible says that in order to be saved, you must believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God and that he died for your sins. And then you must confess that with your mouth. If you make that confession and believe that in your heart, the Bible says, then thou shalt be saved. In other words, there is no stopping you. Praise God. If you get in line with the word of God, there is no stopping you. You understand? Just like the devil couldn't stop you from being saved. He can't stop you from being rich. He can't stop you from being healthy. He can't stop you from being happy. He can't drag you out of faith. He can't make you sad. He can't make you depressed. I am telling you this morning that when you line up with the word of God, everything in your life gets better. Why? Because it has to. Why? Because the will of God is designed to cause you to live better than you lived before. But it doesn't come to pass automatically. We must partner with God. One reason this is true is that the Lord has given us free will. We talked about that earlier. He is not in the habit of imposing his will on us. God does not impose his will on us. If he did, listen, every single one of us will be perfect because he's a perfect God. But he's not in the business of imposing his will on us. Instead, what he does is he constantly attempts to lead us along his pathway of righteousness, abundance and provision. Think about it like this. It is like a parent. A parent uh, wants their child to follow them, right? Uh, And and sometimes when when little kids are out and they're playing around uh, and and, and there's a group, we we saw it yesterday. The little kids were out playing around and and you see a parent walk over and step in front of them. Well, why did parents step in front of them? Because they were about to go beyond the boundary that was safe. When God pulls your coattail, when God pulls your collar, when God says something to you about what you need to change and what you need to do, it's not because he's trying to be a buzzkill. It's not because he's trying to ruin your fun. It's because you, child of God, you, son, you, daughter, are about to go past the boundaries of what is safe for your life understand, there were some kids yesterday who were able to do some things that other kids weren't able to do. Why? Because their parents had set up a different boundary. So they could go certain places, but other kids was trying to go where those little kids were going and their parents were stopping them. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying to you that just because somebody else is able to do something, don't mean you're able to do it. When the Holy Spirit is pulling your collar, when the Holy Spirit is telling you to stop, you got to understand he ain't doing that to ruin your fun. He ain't doing that because he don't like you. He's trying to make you live a sad life. No, he's trying to keep you safe. In fact, go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say the Holy Spirit talks to me to keep me safe. The Holy Spirit talks to me to keep me safe. Praise God. That's what he does. He talks to me to keep me safe. Also, let us not forget That we do have a spiritual adversary. I told you that before. And he is constantly working overtime to lead us away from God and his perfect plan for our life. Hear me and hear me good. The devil can't do nothing you don't allow him to do. He can't do nothing. You don't allow him to do and anything that he does do, he had to get permission from God to do it first. And if he got permission from God to do it first, it's because God already knew what was on the inside of you that was big enough to defeat whatever he would try to do. Praise God. My goodness. I'm telling you, ain't no devil. Listen, the devil's supposed to be under your feet. Some of y'all sitting here having full blown face to face conversations with the enemy. Stop that. He's supposed to be under your feet. Don't allow the adversary to play games with you. Don't allow the adversary to come and steal away the word that God has given you. Why? Because if he steals away the word, now he can cause doubt and unbelief to creep into your life. If he can cause doubt and unbelief to come into your life, then he can get you to be offended with God. And if you become offended with God, now you don't trust God. And if you don't trust God, then you're not in faith. And the Bible says the only way to please God is to be in faith. So don't allow that devil to come and sow seeds of doubt. Unbelief in your life and take you out of what has been promised to you. It's harvest time. If I ain't seen the harvest yet, that don't mean it ain't harvest time. It just means I hadn't harvested yet. But it's still harvest time. Amen. Understand the devil will tempt us, he will accuse us, he will deceive us as much as he possibly can. Why? Because he wants to get us to buy into his dark and destructive ways. But we are not so like him. We are called after the kingdom of light and therefore we respond accordingly. We will not be pulled away into the dark, destructive, depleted kingdom of the devil. We choose to do it God's way. And understand this, the last thing, I'm talking about the last thing the devil wants to see in your life is to see you walking in the perfect will of God for you. He can't stand that. Listen, he know he can't, you're saved already. He can't, he can't unsave you. He can't take that from you. So what he wants you to do is he wants you to experience hell on the earth. The Bible says though, that we should have days of heaven on the earth. And so his job is to get you not to experience heaven until you can get there. But the Bible says we're supposed to be experiencing heaven right now. And so we're not going to buy into his tricks. We're not going to buy into his devices. We're not going to buy into all of his games. I'm telling you, we are not going to to, to do anything except do harm to his raggedy kingdom. And we're going to do harm to his kingdom by staying in faith. Amen. So no, the will of God does not occur occur automatically. If it were, Jesus would never have instructed us when he told us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, he says, pray like this. He says, may your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven heaven. See, if the will of God was going to come to pass automatically, we wouldn't have to pray like that. But Jesus understood the will of God doesn't come to pass automatically. He needs someone he can partner with. He needs someone in the earth who can be his hands and his feet. And when we get someone in the earth who can be his hands and feet, now supernatural things happen because he has a partner in the earth realm. That's why he said, I need you to pray like this pray your will be done in the earth as it already is in heaven. Praise God. Listen, you and I have a job to do while we are here on the ground, still around. And that job includes getting to know God and his word so well that praying his will for ourselves and for others becomes second nature to us. Understand this. When we approach God, with confidence, meaning in faith, and we ask according to his will, he will move heaven and earth to bring his will to pass in our life, through us, in us, and for us. There is nothing God wouldn't do for his children. Understand this, everything that God offers mankind is in the form of a promise. I'm gonna say that again. Everything God offers mankind is in the form of a promise. Salvation itself is based on God's free gift And promise to us. And as a result, the gift of Christ is now fully available to anyone who will take hold of this particular promise by faith. Without receiving the promises of God, salvation is totally impossible. Bam. Let me say that again. Without receiving the promises of God, even salvation becomes impossible. You have to receive the promise. You have to partner with God even to receive salvation. The Bible says it like this in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. It talks about how important promises are. It says, according at his divine power has given unto us all things, praise God, that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And then it says this, whereby we are giving unto us, you and I exceedingly great and precious promises. There it is. He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. But what good is a promise if we don't partner with it? What good is a promise to get us out of debt? What good is a promise to heal us? What good is a promise to restore relationships? What good is a promise to cause us to increase? If we are unwilling to partner with the promise, even Abraham had to partner with God. God said to Abraham, he said, come here. He says, I'm going to show you a place and I want you to go with me and I'm going to show you where you're going. Abraham had a choice. He had to decide, am I going to follow this, this, this God? Because remember, Abraham came out of a polytheistic society, a polytheistic culture. They had many gods and now you got this one who's saying he's the one and only true God and he's telling me to go to a place that I've never seen before. Am I going to trust him? See, the reality of it is that some of us are not too far from Abraham. Ooh, we, watch this. You got so many, I almost said, I almost said, get this dance. Watch this. You got so many, <laughs> you got so many gods in your life. Your job is your God. Your kids are your God. Your, 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 your family's your God. Uh, your desires are your God. Your money is your God. And the one true God is saying, listen, forget all of that stuff and follow me follow after me. I'm going to show you something that's going to be so marvelous that you're going to be blown away by what I have for you. I can give you the promise, but I can't make you go. You have to decide to go on your own. You have to choose to follow me. And so the Bible says, whereby are we given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, Glory to God. What are these? These promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. It says God, it it, it goes on and lets us know that God has provided us with everything that we could possibly need to live a pure and holy life. He has made everything freely available in the form of promises. Type this in the comment section. Say, I have many precious promises. Go ahead and say that I have many precious promises. I'm gonna take a drink of water while you're doing it. Don't, 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 don't not type that. Type that now. Come on, say it. Say, I have been given plenty precious promises. Amen. Understand the only way to experience, the only way to experience being a partaker of God's holy nature and escape the corruption in this world is from receiving the results of the promises. This is not just true for salvation, but it's true for receiving harvest in your life as well. It is harvest time. I have declared it. I have said it. Some of you have seen it. But if you don't believe that it's harvest time, no matter how many times I come on this broadcast and declare it, you won't see it in your life. So here's the question as your apostle, as your pastor and as your prophet. As your man of God, and Pastor Sean, as your woman of God, we are telling you that the Lord says it is harvest time. It is harvest time. But the question is, will you believe it? And then not only will you believe it, will you prepare yourself for the harvest? Will you get prepared to for your role to play in it? Understand, God is always going to be seeking someone in the earth that is willing to partner with him to get what he wants and needs done in the earth. Say this in the comment section. Say, God needs a partner. Oh, Pastor Edward, God don't need nobody. No, God needs a partner. Why? Because he established the system that way. The Bible bears this out. We have a proof point that we can go to and see. I am telling you, God needs a partner because he set his system up that way. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Let's look at Ezekiel ezekiel chapter 22 verse 29 and 31 ezekiel 22 29 and 31 we're just going to set some foundation today we'll set some foundation today we'll come back next week and get into some of the meat of this Uh, you know how i do i always got to give you some foundational stuff so that when i give you the good stuff it's got something it can stand on top of god needs a partner we see this proof point in ezekiel 22 29 and 31 here's what it says it says the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. In other words, they have done, done some shady stuff to some people. It says, yea, they have even oppressed the stranger wrongfully. In other words, they're they, they doing stuff that they know they shouldn't be doing. They're taking advantage of people. They're they shooting people out on the money that they don't work for. They're they, they, they taking strangers and promising to pay them and not paying them. They are doing some, some, some horrible stuff. But verse 30 says, the Lord came in. The Lord says this. He says, and I sought for a man among them. That should make up the hedge. Now watch this. God says, y'all, they done some messed up stuff. So what I decided to do was look for somebody. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for any individual, any person among them that would stand up and be a hedge around all of this wickedness that they're doing. It says, and I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap before me for the land. He said, I just need somebody in the earth I can partner with so I can stop the recompense that's going to come up on them. The Bible says Uh, And he goes on to say He says uh, He says Before me for the land It says That I should not destroy it He says I'm looking for somebody Who will stand in the gap Somebody who will partner with me So that all the wicked stuff they doing I don't have to repay it If I can just find one believer Somebody willing to say God I stand in the gap I believe God is saying that today If I can find just just one believer Who believes I can get rid of COVID-19 If I can find just one believer Who believes I can turn around any situation, I'm looking for somebody who will stand in the gap, somebody I can partner with in the earth so the destruction would not come upon them. But verse 31 says this is very disappointing. It says, therefore. He says, I have poured out my indignation upon them. Wait a minute, God, why did you do that? Why, why did you pour out indignation upon them? I know they didn't do it, right? I know they was cheating people. I know they was robbing. I know they was stealing. But you said you was looking for a man. You wanted someone to partner with so that you wouldn't have to destroy the land. Well, why did you destroy the land? He says, because I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I reckoned pissed up on their head, said the Lord. Why? Because he says, I could not find one person to stand in the gap. My God, do you understand that? Their whole land could have been saved if God could have just found one person to partner with. Listen, go ahead and type in the, type in the comment section. Say, I am the man. Or if you're a woman, say, I am the woman God can partner with. Come on, say, I am the man, I am the woman who God can partner with. I'm telling you, he just needs one. He didn't say he was looking for a, 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 a regiment of people. He he wasn't looking for a for, for hundred of them. He says he was looking for one person that he could partner with. And then if he could partner with them, he says he would turn their situation around. You say, well, Pastor Edwin, that's just one place. Okay, let me give you another one. Second Chronicles 20 and 20. 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 is the story of Jehoshaphat. You know the story. You know how it goes. The Bible says it like this. It says, early the next morning, Jehoshaphat's army went out into the desert of Tekoa. As they marched out, Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of them and he said, listen to me, you men of Judah and Jerusalem. He says, have faith. Watch this. What does it mean to have faith? It means to believe and trust. He says, trust it, believe and trust in who? In the Lord your God. He says, and you, watch this, will be established. He said, that word established means to stand strong and be secure. He says, and have faith, believe and trust in his prophet. Who is his prophet? Jehoshaphat. He was talking to them. He says, if you do that, you shall prosper. See, we typically read it like this. It says, believe in the Lord God and you'll be established. Believe in his prophet and you shall prosper. Here is the reason that that scripture is so important, because Jehoshaphat and his entire team were facing uh, an insurmountable battle. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, it says that literally they were getting ready to go to battle and they were about to get wiped off the map. The Bible says Jehoshaphat was so distraught, he went in to pray. And watch this. When he went in to pray, he got a word from the Lord. And here's what the Lord said to Jehoshaphat. He said, Jehoshaphat, he said, stand still. He said, you have no need to fight in this battle. He said, I will fight this battle for you. He said, all I need you to do is to send Judah First, time out, time out. Jehoshaphat said, I get this. You say I don't have to fight. You say you're going to fight for me. But what you want me to do is to get the praise team. And you want me to send the praise team to war first? That's what you want to make? That's your grand plan, God. You want me to send the praise team out first? He says, yes, send Judah first. At this point, Jehoshaphat has a decision to make. Is he going to trust what he know about war or is he going to trust his God? Is he going to trust what he knows about war? Or is he going to trust His God? And you know the story The Bible says he he, he, he told Judah He said, Judah you got to go first And listen, I, 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 let me let me just use my Sanctified imagination, I'm sure When the man of God came out and he said Okay, it's time to go to war, I'm sure The, the last people who thought they were Going to get called for tribute was going to Be Judah, <laughs> you understand Because if you're a praise singer and you've been, you've been perfecting your praise You've been singing songs, you've been Getting the harmony right, you ain't been out there wielding a sword and a shield, you don't know what you about to get into. And the man of God said, you got to go first? Sometimes your man of God Is going to give you an instruction
1: Praise
0: God And it won't make sense in the natural But if you trusted him before And he's been proficient If you trusted her before And she'd be proficient When she's giving you a word And you know they got your heart uh, For your life in in their heart Then you sometimes just got to believe What they are saying Why? He said because if you believe in God You'll be established But if you believe in the prophet He says you're going to prosper And the Bible says that Judah went out And Judah got to singing And as Judah got to singing The spirit of the Lord confounded everybody Who was coming against Jehoshaphat The Bible says they got to fighting each other They got to killing each other And by the time Judah got there And the rest of the men from Jehoshaphat's army got there The Bible says that they had killed each other And they spent three days gathering the spoils Do you understand me? They spent three days gathering the spoils Somebody go ahead and give God some praise While I restart this ig i'm telling you you ought to just give god some praise because god will give you a word he just needs somebody that he can partner with he just needs somebody who is willing to do it his way he just needs somebody who is willing to go beyond and somebody who is willing to do every single thing that he's asked them to do because if they do it i'm telling you god will be on your side listen he said it in ezekiel he said i need a man to stand in the gap He came to Jehoshaphat. He said, Jehoshaphat, I need you to stand in the gap. I need you to do something that's kind of unorthodox. I need you to send Judah first. Some of y'all this morning, you don't, need to, you don't need to pray about your problem not near another time. What you need to do is begin to send Judah. Send some praise. Start thanking God for all that he has done. Start praising him for every mountain he's moved. Start praising him for every obstacle that's been pushed out of your way. Start praising him for every pitfall you don't jumped over. I'm telling you, it's harvest time. It's your season. It's your time. You partner with God and watch God show up and show out on your behalf. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, I'm telling you, hear me. The Bible is full of examples and revelations that God cares about us and wants to bless us. The Bible says in Romans 10:16, it says, so then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? By the word of God. In the Latin, it says ad infinium, ad infinitum. It means to hear without ceasing. He says, I keep hearing God's word over and over and over again. And my faith keeps being built up stronger and stronger and stronger. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, type in the comment section. It is the will of God to bless me. I I, I don't I'm not apologizing for I'm I don't care what folks say about prosperity preaching all that stuff call me what you want to what you can't call me is broke what you can't call me is sick what you can't call me is depressed I am telling you this morning God wants to see you blessed. You ought to turn and tell your neighbor, if it's somebody in your house, tell them, God wants to see me blessed. You say, well, all I got is my fur baby. Tell your fur baby, God wants to see me blessed. You understand? Open up your mouth and say it. God wants to see me blessed. I'm telling you, he does. And we can prove this out in his word. Understand, here are some proofs that God wants to see us blessed. I'm just going to run through some scriptures real quick. Isaiah 48 and 17. It says, Thus said the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee how to profit, which lead thee by the way that thou should go. Proverbs 10 and 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes it rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. Understand, I ain't trying to get rich the world's way, because the world's riches bring sorrow with it. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, that the blessing, the empowerment of the Lord, it maketh one rich, and it addeth no sorrow with it. Job 36 and 11 says, if they shall obey and serve me. Their days shall be spent in prosperity and their years shall be spent in pleasure. I'm telling you that when you get on God's side, when you begin to partner with God, it's some good stuff coming to you. You hear me? It says if they just obey God, they're going to spend their days in prosperity and their years in plenty. And then we can't forget about Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth you the power, glory to God, to get well self. <laughs> It is he that gives you the power to get well. Why? So you can floss and stun on folks? No. He said that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers, as it still remains this day. God is still looking for someone to partner with so that he can build some orphanages. God is still looking for somebody to partner with so he can pay off some people's debt. He is still looking for somebody to partner with so they can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. He is still, tell, I'm telling you, he is still looking for somebody to partner with so that he can cause the lame to walk, the blind to see, and the deaf to hear. Are y'all listening to me this morning? I'm telling you, God is still looking for somebody to partner with so he can do great things. And then we can't forget about Psalms 115, verse 11 through 16. It says, ye, it says, all of you that reverence the Lord, it says, entrust in the Lord. He will be your help and your shield. The Lord, praise God, has been mindful of us. The Lord has been mindful of us And he will bless us. It says he will bless them that reverence him, whether they be small or great. Verse 14 says the Lord shall increase you, praise God, more and more, you and your children. God ain't just looking to do something in this generation. He's looking to bless you now, your children, and your children's children. He says I will bless them, and I will bless them, uh, whether they be small or they be great. He said and I will bless them and their children. Verse 15 says, Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Verse 16 says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Watch this. But the earth, praise God, hath he given to the children of men. I'm saying, God, God said, Look, I got control of heaven, and everything that's in heaven, you got access to it in the earth. He says, I take care of heaven. I need you to take care of earth. And if you find earth lacking in anything, all you got to do is call it down from heaven because you have access to and fro the earthly realm. He says, that, that, that's, that's what partnership looks like. Partnerships give you access. Partnership gives you access. And when I partner with God, I don't just have access to the earth realm. I have access to the earth realm and whatever I need that is in heaven. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, one of my favorite scriptures again, it says that now God is able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances in whatever the need arise, find yourself self-sufficient meaning possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and every charitable donation. I'm telling you, whatever God's calling you to, if God asks you to give, you be a cheerful giver. Don't you give grudgingly and don't you give out of spite and don't you give with sorrow or despair. Why? Because I'm telling you, God loves a cheerful giver. He, the Bible says he, he's unwilling to do without a prompt, quick, Cheerful doer whose heart is in his giving. And then lastly, John 10 and 10. If you needed another scripture to prove this point out that God wants you blessed, God wants you blessed, John 10 and 10. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The amplifier says that you may have it to the full until it overflows. I'm telling you, God wants you blessed. Go ahead and type that again. Say, God Wants me blessed. Listen, I know I'm excited. I know I, I know I'm going a little fast, but it's just because I want you. I want. I can feel your energy this morning. I can, I literally can feel you guys getting excited about this because it is harvest time. I know people are being laid off their jobs. I know that there are companies that are cutting back on people's time at work, which means it cuts back on their money. I know companies are asking people to go under 40 hours so they can stop paying for their insurance. I know all of this stuff is happening, but in the midst of it all, I am telling you, it is still harvest time. Amen. But just because the Bible declares that God wants us blessed doesn't mean everybody, everybody will believe it. Believing is a choice and I'm trying to implore you, I'm beseeching you, I'm begging you, please believe what I'm telling you. If I've ever spoken a word to you and it came to pass, hear me what I'm saying. What God is going to do in the next five months is going to be greater than what he's done the first seven. Are y'all hearing me? I stake my reputation on it. What God is going to do in the next five months is going to be greater than what you saw him do in the first seven months. And I'm telling you what he did in the first seven months in my life was greater than anything I've ever seen. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I ain't throwing away 2020. I ain't rushing into 2021. Folks talking about getting rid of 2020. For what? All we do is win. That's all we do. All we do is win. Every time we turn around, we win. We're getting a blessing after blessing after blessing. The Bible says it's going to happen so fast for us, it's going to make our head spin. I'm telling you, a blessing on top of a blessing, one after another. That's the kind of life I declare we're going to live. That's the kind of life I declare you're going to live. Everybody who gets in partnership with God is going to experience something so fabulous these next five months. It's going to change the trajectory of your life for the rest of your life. Amen? Believing is a choice. Type that in the comment section. Say, believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. Believing is a choice. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, you know what it says. It says, if thou canst believe, then all things are possible to him that believes. He says, so if you can believe, it's possible. It's possible for you to believe if you can believe. It's what Jesus said to the blind man when the when he, when he went in the house with the blind man and the blind man asked him the question. And they said to him, they said, Hey, is it possible that you could heal us? Is it possible for you to hear us? Something happened. Oh my stop playing. He says, Is it possible for you to hear us? Is it possible? to heal us, is it possible that we can see again? Jesus didn't say, oh yeah, I can do it. No, no, no. What Jesus said is he flipped it back on them. He said, can you believe that I can heal you? And they said, oh yes, I can believe that you can do it. And Jesus said, then become what you believe. Oh, glory to God. Become what you believe. God, can you get me out of debt? That's not the right question. That's not the right question. Do you believe God can get you out of debt? Yes, I believe God can get me out of debt. Then become what you believe. God, can you heal me? Wrong question. God, do, 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 I, do you believe Do, do you, believe you can be healed? God says, yeah, then become what you believe. You got to make sure that you understand this concept. You're not waiting on God. You're not waiting on God. God says what do you what can you believe for because whatever you can believe for is what you can receive Understand this. I know what the newspaper is saying, guys. I keep up with it. I know what they're saying on Fox News. I know what they're saying on CNN. I know what they're saying on all the business channel about the stock market and the economy and the recession. I know about all of that. I read all the stuff that they be, that comes across my social media about COVID-19 and the number of cases that, that people are getting, the number of people that are dying and how the numbers are going up. But, 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 Can you still believe God even in the midst of all of that? Because the Bible says, if you can believe, then you shall receive what you're believing for. Why? Because believing is a choice. In Isaiah 53 and one, the question is asked, who has believed our message to whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? In other words, we sing a song like this, whose report will you believe? And then we respond by saying, we will believe the report of the Lord. I'm asking you this morning, whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the Fox News report? You're going to believe the CNN report? You're going to believe the Business Channel report? You're going to believe what's coming across social media? Whose report will you believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. You understand me? I choose to believe God. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, chapter 1, verse 2, It warns us about not believing the correct report. It says, let us therefore reverence God. Otherwise, a promise, does that word again, a promise being left unto us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. It says, but the word that was preached to them, praise God, It did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith or it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. I need you guys to understand this. I need you to hear me when I say this. You have to understand. I can preach this word to you week after week after week. If you don't choose to partner with God, if you don't choose to mix this with faith It's never going to prosper you. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be upset. You're going to be disgruntled. Why? Because you're going to be hearing word and not seeing it in your life. I am telling you, don't be a person who hears the word but doesn't become a doer of it. This is what happened to Thomas. You know the story of doubting Thomas. In John chapter 20, verse 24 and 29, the story is recorded. The Bible says that there was a time uh, that Thomas, who was one of the 12, the Bible called him Didymus, which the word Didymus means twin. So Thomas was one of the twins. And, and the Bible says that when, that when Thomas was with the other disciples, the other disciples said to him, they said, yo, Thomas, we saw Jesus. This was after the resurrection. They said, we saw Jesus. He came and he appeared to us. And Thomas was like, man, y'all tripping. I don't believe that. He says, they said, no, man, I'm serious. He came. We saw him. We saw the nail prints in his hand. We saw the place where they pierced him inside. We saw where his visage had been changed for where they had pulled all the hairs out of his face. We saw the places where the crown of thorns was around his head. We saw all of that. And Thomas said, man, y'all, out y'all mind. He said, unless I can take my own finger and put it in the nail print of his hand, unless I can take my hand and thrust it in his side, watch this, he says, I will not believe. He says, I will not believe, why? Because believing is a choice. But the Bible says in verse 26, it says, and after eight days, again, the disciples were together with Thomas, And this time Jesus came to them. And I like this because everything in the Bible is there for a reason. In verse 26, it says, and the doors were shut. It says, but Jesus stood in the midst of them. Now, you can't skip over that. You can't skip over that. Jesus showed up in grand fashion. He didn't just, he didn't open a window and come through. He didn't open a door and come through. The Bible says they were in a place and everything was closed. And Jesus just showed up in the midst of them. I'm telling you, some of y'all, when you start believing God, he's just going to show up in the midst of you. He's going to show up in the midst of everything you got going on. The Bible says the doors were shut and Jesus just showed up and he showed up and he said to them, peace be unto you. In other words, nothing missing, nothing broken. He used that famous saying, shalom, peace be unto you. Verse 27 says, then said he to Thomas, he said, hey, Thomas, they told me that you didn't believe. He says, come over here, reach hither your finger and behold my hands. He says, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. He said, and while you're doing it, watch this. He says, don't be faithless. He says, while you're using your five senses to determine what is real, I want you to know I consider that to be faithless. He says, don't be faithless, but be believing. Verse 28 says, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. See, that's how you do sometimes. You don't believe God and then God do what he said he was going to do. And you're like, oh my God, oh my Lord. I can't believe the Lord showed up. Oh my God, won't he do it? He says, listen, don't be faithless. Don't be a person who only believes God after God has shown up. He says, be believing, Thomas, because verse 28 says, when Thomas answered him and said unto him, my Lord and my God, Jesus replied and said unto him, he said, Thomas, he says, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. He said, but blessed or empowered to prosper are they that have not seen. And yet they still believe. Glory to God. Listen, if if I was in church, I'd run around and shout right now. Do you understand what he just said? He said, stop being faithless. You call yourself a person of faith, but you don't even praise God until after God does what he said he's going to do in the natural. He says, when you pray... Believe you receive when you pray. Your time to shout is as soon as you finish praying. Why? Because this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask God of anything, according to his will, we shall have whatsoever we ask for. I'm telling you, he said, Thomas, he says, Thomas, stop being faithless. He said, be believing. What does it mean to be believing? It means to believe even when you can't see It means to go beyond sense realm evidence. What is sense realm evidence? Sense realm evidence means that I've got to be able to to interact with it with my five senses. I got to be able to see it. I got to be able to smell it. I got to be able to taste it. I got to be able to hear it. I got to be able to touch it. If I can't can't function around my, my senses with it, then I can't believe it. The Bible calls that being faithless. It's why the Bible tells us that we are to walk by faith faith and not by sight. We ought to be believing and not faithless. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and Hebrews 11, verse 6, it gives us the understanding of what it means to walk by faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 and 1 in the Amplified says it like this. It says, now faith, here's what faith is. It is the assurance The confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not yet see, and the conviction, praise God, of their reality. What has God told you that he wants to do in your life that you are convinced of? See, if you ain't convinced of it yet, it ain't time for it to manifest. It ain't going to manifest until you become convinced of it. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and three, it says by faith, we understand that the world, even our world was framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purposes by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things that are invisible. I'm telling you, that's why your words are so important. Words are containers. Words contain the realities of what you want. You, you can't see the words, but they contain the reality and the conviction, the title deed of the thing you hope to have possession of. And then, of course, Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and to satisfactory uh, and to be satisfactory to God. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, earnestly seek after him or seek him out. See, faith causes you to seek out God. When you begin to seek out God, God begins to tell you what to ask for. Because you understand that the will of God is not automatic, then you begin to partner with God and asking for the thing God told you to ask for. God then gives you wisdom, insight, and understanding on what to do to cause that thing to come to pass, and then he removes all the obstacles that would try to stop it. I'm telling you, partnering with God is marvelous. Partnering with God ensures your success. That's what Abraham did. That's what Abraham did after God told him that he would make him the father of many nations. The Bible says that Abraham and Sarah were old and they couldn't conceive any children. It says, but God told Abraham that he was going to make him the father of many nations. Can you imagine that? A hundred year old man ain't never produced a child. He, he, and his wife is barren. She's never had a kid. And God comes to them and says, hey, not only am I going to give you a child, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? What kind of thing, what what, what kind of thing is that to receive? But the Bible says it like this. In Romans chapter 4, verse 13, I'm going to read this out of the easy read version. It says, Abraham and his descendants received the promise. There's that word again, that they would get the whole world. But Abraham did not receive that promise because he followed the law. No, no, no. He didn't follow that because he would follow natural things. It said he received that promise because he was right with God. How? through his faith. That's what made him right with God. So you're right with God when you believe God. Faith makes you right. It's accounted to you as righteousness when you believe. Verse 14 says, if people could get God's promises simply by following the law or natural things, then faith would be worthless. It says, and God's promise to Abraham wouldn't amount to anything. Verse 15 says, because the law can only bring God's anger on those who disobey it. But if there is no law, then there is nothing to, be, to disobey. If all there is is faith, if all there is is believing God, if you just believe God, you can't ever be wrong. Verse 16 says, so people get what God promised. How? By having faith. It says this happens so that the promise can be a free gift. And if the promise is a free gift, then all of Abraham's people would get the promise. Type this in the comment section. Say, I am the seed of Abraham. I am the seed of Abraham. Because you are the seed of Abraham, then just like Abraham got the promise by faith, all of your promises are going to come by faith. The Bible says it like this. All the promises of God are received by faith. At verse 17 says this, it says, as the scripture said, I have made you a father of many nations. This is true before God, the one Abraham believed. The God who gives life to to the dead and speaks of things that do not yet exist as they are real. We say it like this, call those things that be not as though they were. Verse 18 says, there was no hope at all that Abraham would have children. But Abraham believed God and continued to hope that that is why He became the father of many nations. It says, as God told him, you will have many descendants. Abraham was almost a hundred years old. So he was past the age of having children. Verse 19 says, and also Sarah could not have children either. Abraham was well aware of this, but his faith in God never became weak. Abraham was well aware of what was going on physiologically. He knew he was old. He knew Sarah was buried. He was well aware of their body's capabilities. It says, but in spite of that, in spite of that, Abraham kept believing God and his faith was not weak. Verse 20 says, he never doubted that God would do what he promised. He never stopped believing. In fact, he grew stronger in his faith and continued praising God. Verse 21 says, Abraham felt sure that God was able to do what he promised. So that's why he was accepted as the one who was right with God. These words, he was accepted, were written not just for Abraham's hearing, but also for ours. It says they were also written for us because God will also accept us just because we believe. Say this in the comment section. Say, God accepts me just because I believe. God accepts me just because I believe. Listen, I know our time is getting late. It's 1125. I've been going for an hour and 10 minutes based on the fact that I started at 1015. I'm going to finish up. I'm going to get out your way. I'm going to come back. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be just as excited next week because I didn't actually get to share with you what God said about these next five months. It's later in my notes. I got a couple of things I need to share before that. I'm not going to rush it, but I'm telling you, when I come back next week, you need to be prepared. Don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. God's got something for you. Amen. Listen, I want to read what he said in King. And I like the King James version of of, of Hebrews, uh, he, Hebrews 4 uh, one for Hebrews 4 20 and 21 it says Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was faithful and able to perform. He was faithful and able to perform. which leads us to this truth and we've said it a hundred times. the will of God begins. Where faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of today's message? Did y'all get anything out of today's message? Listen, I want you to come back next week. Why? Because next week I want to share for you a couple things I want to share with you. Next week, the five faith expectations you can have when you are in faith. I want to share with you the five faith expectations that you can have. When you are in faith, I want to share some examples, some biblical examples to show you people in the Bible who found themselves in situations where they needed their faith to work and how they put these five expectations to work in their life. I want to show you that. I want to talk to you next week about how breakthrough always occurs before manifestation. You can go ahead and and, and write that in your notes if you need to. We're going to come back next week, but I need you to understand breakthrough always occurs before manifestation. And I'm gonna talk to you about what that means. I'm gonna show you uh, in in the book of Samuel. I'm gonna show you with the example of Hannah. The Lord showed me something when he was talking to me a couple weeks ago and, and, and it, it just, it revolutionized, revolutionized my, my thinking uh, around this term of, of, of breakthrough. See, a lot of people think of the breakthrough is, is when the thing shows up. No, 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 no. Breakthrough happens before manifestation appears. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And then I want to share with you uh, some of the gateways uh, that, God, that God gives to us uh, for breakthrough. Because you want manifestation, I know you do, I do too. But there are breakthroughs that need to happen before we get to manifestation. And then I want to show you, uh, I want to talk to you about these four things. Last The last couple of weeks we were uh, in a hotel room and it was, our, our air condition had, went out at our house and, uh, and, and one night, I was talking to the Lord before I dozed off to sleep. In the midst of my sleep, the Lord gave me these four things. And I've tried to go on the internet to see if I could find them somewhere else, to see if somebody else had taught them, to see if somebody else had set them. And nobody has set them yet. And and, and, and I'm going to share with you uh, these four things that the Lord told us we need to tame. T-A-M-E, there are four things that we need to tame if we're going to allow breakthrough to happen in our lives so that we can see manifestation show up. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about the nine principles. Just real quick, next week, I will review the nine principles principles, the nine principles that govern the laws of harvest. Just real quick, we'll just re- we'll, um, remind you of those. We'll talk about what a principle is and what a law is. And then we're going to get into the seven laws, the seven laws that actually govern, or not, or not even govern, just the seven laws to call in your harvest. So we got a full week next week. Don't y'all miss it? Listen, I gave you foundation this week. Next week going to be all the good stuff. Amen. So y'all come back and tune in next week. Don't forget about all the things we got going on and ways to stay connected. Don't forget about Mindset Monday. Don't forget about prayer on Tuesday. Don't forget about Bible study on Wednesday. And don't forget about praise and worship on Sunday at 930. And join me right here next week same back station, same back time, and we're going to get into this word. It is harvest time. And after next week, Pastor Sean is going to be back teaching. I got one more week, and after next week, she is coming back to teach. Amen. Here she is. She's going to come. She's going to pray, give you any announcement. I'm sure she wants to say thank you to everybody for yesterday. God bless you. I hope this blessed you. I hope you heard what I said. I hope you got as energized as I did. If you didn't get in your word and let that word motivate you. Amen. God bless you.
1: Praise the Lord. How many of y'all were blessed by the word today? How I many of y'all know Pastor Elin is still not telling you the truth? Talking about he got one more week. Did y'all name hear all that stuff? He got y'all one named? more week. Did y'all hear all that stuff he named? I don't know why y'all pastor act like he can't preach every week. What is wrong with him? Anyway, if you were blessed by the word today, man, you ought to just give some hearts and show some love. And again, he's right. I do want to come and I want to thank all of our partners who showed up and came through um, yesterday that really blessed us so much. I just I was so overwhelmed by it. Right. Yeah, St. Teresa, listen, nobody thinking about that. He done, Now, he going to try to preach three weeks next Sunday just so he don't have to preach again. He might as well break the seven things, the four things to tame, the difference between a law and a print. Man, listen, you might as well run all this on out. I see. That's right. They say, good word, Pastor Strick. Quit trying to get up from the teaching seat. So, anyway, I just want to come. It's our opportunity to give. Tamara said you got about three more weeks. Nah, I got you, one. What? You got three more weeks. Yeah, listen, as long as they listen fast, we'll be good. Don't listen fast, guys. <laughs> Don't stop trying to rush it. Listen, I'm b i am believe in what Pastor Edwin teach, is teaching right now is designed to help us Make it through whatever life is about to throw at us. I was saying over the last couple of weeks, you know, I've I've been walking with the Lord for a good while now and I've been pastoring for 20 years. And let me tell you what I know. I know that anytime God begins to deal with us very diligently about obedience and he begins to seemingly correct every little thing. When God gets us in that place, it is because he is trying to preserve us for whatever is coming. You know, the Bible says, hey, Sedante, the Bible says that if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And so I really believe that we're having so much about around correction, around obedience. And I love that he says you have to partner with God. How do you partner with God? There is only one way to partner with God. You must obey God. And listen, Pastor Edwin has been declaring to us that it is the year of great harvest. And let me tell you something. The only way to get great harvest is to obey greatly. Do you see what I'm saying? You want great harvest. You need to obey greatly and you need to understand that we're in a season right now where you may be talking about financial increase and God is talking to you about obedience in another area because literally God is trying to position you so that no matter what happens, you are preserved and you prosper in this season. And so I want to encourage you to deal with your obedience. I want you to understand it's not just are you going to give, it's how are you going to live. You need to be obedient in your living and your giving. And I want to say this, Pastor Edwin and I have been laughing about this when we walk, because I believe that there are people who believe that when you hear a word like the great harvest, you only think about good things. But let me tell you something. When when a man of God, when the, when heaven begins to declare that it is the season of great harvest, that does not dictate what kind of harvest you get. It just means that whatever seeds you have been planting, that's what you're going to manifest. So literally, what people are going to begin to see when it talks about it's going to happen so fast, your head will spin. Literally, you will um. Your it's not all harvest isn't good. It's about what you've been sowing. And I think it was last week, Pastor, when you told everybody, was that last week when you said call a crop failure on your mm-hmm. disobedience? So last week he was asking us, to repent. I say repent isn't just saying I'm sorry, repent is changing direction. Now, this is the part of the teaching that may not be sexy right here, but this is the part of the teaching that's going to preserve your life no matter what comes. And so I'm really encouraging you if you want to if you got excited when he was teaching and you're like, I want what he's talking about, I am challenging you to bring your life into obedience with God. Do what he's telling you to do. Now I got a prophetic word as we give today. Listen, um, your tithes are about to testify about what God is doing in your life. And some of us have already seen it this year. I believe that there are people, literally believers of God, that he wants you to be untouched what happens in the economy. In fact, you can look and see how God always shows up in a famine. Tell your neighbor, say, God always shows up in a famine. God always shows up in a famine. And so these instructions that God is giving us about how to sow, about applying for jobs, about going back to school, about what to buy and what not and not to buy, He is doing that so we can prosper in this season. Amen? And the next season. And the next season, God wants to set you up to win. That no matter what your job does, no matter what the economy does, no matter what the government does. Why? Because Pastor Edwin told us earlier, he says listen here, when you obey God, you not only have access to earth, but you have access to heaven resources. And how many of you know that heaven is never in a recession? Heaven is never has a shortage. Ne- heaven never has any lack. Heaven always has what you need. And so you're going to hear me pushing when I do come back to teach how important it is to obey God. We don't want anybody to be disappointed and we don't want anybody to be uncovered. What do I mean by that? We don't want anybody believing that they can just bring their tithes and offerings and then they can go live any kind of way and experience the year of great harvest because you may have money but you probably gonna have some sorrow. We also don't want anybody thinking that you can work hard at your job and not participate in seed time and harvest and be in a position to be preserved no matter what happens. So what we're really encouraging you to do, I encourage you to go back and listen to this teaching that Pastor Ellen taught today. It was such a good, good teaching, but don't just be excited by it, be equipped by it, be established by it, be corrected by it, be adjusted by it. Because if you remember in the beginning, he told us, in addition to the year of great harvest, he told us alignment agreement and advancement. So if you want to advance into this great harvest that God has for you, you're going to have to align. That means that there may be things that you're doing in your life that like he said, maybe somebody else gets to get away with doing them, but you know that they biblically don't align with the word of God. You know that the Holy Spirit has told you to stop. Everybody just say this, just stop already. Just close the door already This is not the time to be doing your own thing. This is not the time to be trying to be the smart person who knows all the answers. This is the time to be exercising childlike faith and just doing whatever the Father says. He says, go left, we go left. He says, stop, we stop. He says, pursue, we pursue. We do what he tells us to do. Make this declaration. Say, I obey God. And it causes me to prosper. I want everybody to say that. I obey God and it causes me to prosper. Listen, let me tell you something. God wants your tithes to testify. God wants you to increase in this system. In this season, I love it. Somebody said it's time to give up the wine. Stop wrestling with. Let me tell y'all something. You got to stop rationalizing what God has said no to because all of the promises of God are yes and amen. So all the good God has for you, you don't have to wrestle him to give it to you. You just got to surrender. You just got to position yourself. I want to encourage you close every door Every door of disobedience, close every door of rebellion, close every door of disagreement with God, close every door. Because let me tell you what's double minded. What's double minded is to declare I'm about to receive the goodness of God in this area, but I don't have to obey him in this other area. So we obey God, and it causes us to prosper. And I'm telling you, those of you who are bringing your t- to your tithes and your offering, God has not forgotten you. Here's what He promises to do. He says, when you bring your tithes and offerings, when you care about My kingdom, when you care about My vision, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rebuke the devourer for your sake. What does that look like in the natural? Your job gets cut back, but God preserves you anyway. Your job gets cut back, but you end up getting another job that's a better job with more benefits and more money that even when they say they aren't hiring there's still a job for you what does it look like more clients when other people aren't having clients it looks like he preserves us no matter what. And so I'm telling you, if you are a tither, you need to begin to open your mouth and say, because I'm a tither, God is rebuking everything that's coming to steal my increase. God is setting me up to win. I obey God. He causes me to prosper. Pastel got me stared up too because I'm like, listen here, God wants us to win. He wants everybody on the planet to win, but you can only win if you come into agreement with him. He wants you to win. He wants your business to grow. He wants you to have a job that provides for your family and for the kingdom of God. He wants you to win. How great is that, that God wants you to succeed? Even if you stay at home, God has creative ideas for your increase. Even if you've retired, God has creative ideas for your increase. This is your season to prosper. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you prosper. When you prosper... The light is going to be on you and people are going to want to know how in the world are you succeeding like this when the economy, when we're in a pandemic, how are you doing it? And you're going to say, it's the Lord and he'll do it for you too. And you're going to expand the kingdom because the glory is going to so be on you that people are going to be so inspired by what is God doing in your life. They're going to be like, tell me about this God that you serve. Tell me about I didn't. I thought that God wanted you to Be poor. I thought that God didn't care if you were sick. I got I thought that God didn't care if you was depressed, and you're gonna be like, No, He wants you to prosper and be in hell. Let me tell you about my God. I believe that God wants to use your increase in this season to expand the kingdom and bring people who have had a misrepresentation of who he is into the kingdom. And so that's what I wanted to say. And you can join me for Mindset Monday. You can join us for prayer on Tuesday. You can join Ralph for Bible study on Wednesday. You can join Chris for praise and worship on Sunday. But guys, don't miss what God is doing in this season. I just wanna pray over your increase. Father, I thank you that you have a lot of increase for this season. You have a lot of increase for this season. And for those of us who have obeyed you, I thank you for the release. I thank you for the release. I thank you that nothing can be withheld. Everything that is owed to us, every seed that is supposed to harvest, all of the increase that belongs to us in this season, the increase of peace, the increase of finances, the increases of of revelation, knowledge, and wisdom, we receive it now. We choose to partner with you. We thank you that you bless the work of our hands. We thank you that you increase our finances. We thank you that you cause us to walk in favor. We thank you that the favor of God goes before us like a shield. We thank you that you are our our divine protector and no plague shall come now our dwelling. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you that you have blessed us and it cannot be reversed. Release in Jesus' name. Now y'all have a good week. We love you guys so much. Praise the Lord! If you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can send a message to us. Listen, if you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, all you got to do is believe in your heart that God sent Jesus to deal with your sin and reconcile you back to the family. Say, I believe that in your heart and give your life to the Lord. You can do that. If you've done that, let us know. If you want to be a virtual partner, I don't care where you are in the world, you can be a part of FOC. And you ought to be a part of FOC. FOC is a dope church where we're teaching people how to walk in love, how to live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. So if you want to be a partner, you can be a partner and there are many ways to give. I see they tagged them on both Instagram and on Facebook. We love you guys. We love you. We love you. We love you and we declare in Jesus name, this will be a good week for you. You will prosper. You will increase. You will obey. You will overcome every plot and plan of the enemy. You will operate as the head and not the tail. You will hear and obey. You will see the blessing of God in your life this week in Jesus name. Y'all have a great week.